Thank you for joining us on the Shift Church podcast as we continue in part two of our Frequently Asked Questions series. Due to technical difficulty, the first few minutes of this sermon did not record, so for your convenience, we have added the sermon notes to the media page on our website, which is www.shiftchurchknox.org. We hope you enjoy part two of Frequently Asked Questions. Now let's join in with the conversation. Like it's beautiful. Like nature is beautiful, but, there, but there's something that happens. The Bible says he, that it cries, like nature cries out. It actually says this in Romans 8, 18. It says, yet we suffer now. What we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us. Verse 19, for all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. And it says, verse 20, against its will, all creation was subjected to God. To the and we'll talk about that here in a second. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up until the present time. Like even nature knows this isn't how it's supposed to be. Like it's crying out saying, like the birds chirping, it sounds beautiful, but it's them crying out saying, Lord Jesus, come. Get this world back to the way it's supposed to be, how you created us to originally flow in. So we as humans know that something's gone wrong in this world. Creation knows that something's gone terribly wrong in the world. So the, answer, the question we have to ask is why? Why is there so much wrong in this world? And this is what it says. And here's the next note. God did not create the world with wrong. Is this next, next note. God didn't create the world with wrong. And here's how we know this. And don't put the verse up there yet, Kevin. But if you look at the, at, at the story of creation, and just so everyone's aware, okay, if you, as far back as you can go, the Jewish people viewed the, the stories of Genesis as historical writings even Genesis 1, about the creation of the world, even though it was written in poetic form, they, it was written in historic poetic form. Just so you're aware of that. But in Genesis 1, it goes from God taking nothing and turning it into something. And every time he created something new, what did he say? That it was good. When he made separate light from darkness, he said it was good. When he, when he made earth and the heavens or the skies, when it, when the skies, what did he say? It was good. When he created the animals and the fish and all the things that walk on the, on the, on the earth, he said it was what? Good. And then he created human, humans and the first man, and he said what? That it was good. Because where God is, darkness cannot dwell. Where, where God, is, God is, darkness has to flee that's why we're called to be the light of the world because where we are with Christ in us, darkness can't be there. Wrong can't be there. That's why Genesis 1.31, when he has created everything, he says this, then God looked over all he had made and he saw that it was what? Very good. And, everything, and, and evening passed and morning came marking the sixth day. So he created everything Good. So what happened? What happened? Well, inside of his creation, he made this special place that was called the Garden of Eden. 
or a man named Adam and a woman named Eve, which means mother of all. And just another side note, um, they've traced the human genome back to one Y chromosome and one X chromosome, and science, scientists are going crazy, which that to put it in normal terms, that means that all of human race, no matter white, black, Asian, anywhere in between, green, whatever, blue, whatever you want to label somebody, that we all come from one Y chromosome and one X chromosome, so we're all family. That's just free right there, okay? Welcome to Genesis 1, scientists, okay? So what happened? So what happened in this? So God created Adam and Eve, right? Put them in the garden, and he says, you can have all of this. You can have all of this. Look at all this. Like, like look at that duck-tailed beaver over here. Whatever you want to call that later, later, Adam. That's yours. See that tree, that fruit right there? That's yours. The only thing that I'm going to ask you is not to eat from this one tree. You have everything else is yours. Just don't eat from this one tree. We'll get to that here in a minute. But Genesis 2, 15, 17, it says this. Remember I said there's a lot of Bible in this one, which I'm okay with because I love the Bible. But anyways, the Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over. And I'm going to stop right there, okay? And I'm going to say this. I'm not, like, I'm going to throw this. This is another free thing out there. Like, men were created to work, and I know I'm not, I'm sometimes can be lazy, okay? Just to be, be honest with you. I can be lazy, but isn't it funny how work came even before the curse? Saying. Right, Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. Verse 16. But the Lord God warned him, you may eat, eat freely, eat fruit of every tree in this garden. So you can have everything. Everything's yours. Verse 17. Except the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Well, then let's fast forward to Genesis 3.1, where it says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals. And in the in snakes, just evil. I figured I'd get an amen out of that. <laughs> the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals and the Lord God, that the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat of that and see here's what the devil does sometimes is he throws in like a like he knows that god said something but he'll go but he'll start to question what god said like did he really say like did god really say that you must not eat the fruit from from the tree trees in the trees like the trees like all the ones that no it was one tree but did he really say you couldn't eat from, like you see how he took God's one command and made it seem broader in this garden? And this is what old Eve had to say. Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. And then he says this in verse, she says this in verse 3. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even, no wait. God didn't say don't touch it. He just said what? Don't eat from the tree. You must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. In verse 4, this is what the serpent said. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it. And you will be, one minute. What did, what did Satan try to do in heaven? He tried to be like who? So now he's trying to tell 
uh, Eve here, you could be like him, even though he knew he failed from the beginning and knew he could. Nobody could. The biggest lie is him saying, you could be like that. You could be all-knowing, all-powerful. You can have everything you want if you just do this. Both good and evil. In Genesis 3, 6, the woman was convinced. And I'm going to just say this right now. A lot of people blame Eve for this, but Adam wasn't too far away. He was, some people say with the way you read this story goes, he was probably just like 10, 15 feet away, and here she is talking to a snake, which is kind of weird to begin with because, um, which makes me think, this whole other debate is, could animals talk back then? Just don't out there because they weren't freaked out about it. Okay, but that's a whole other story. But the woman was convinced, sorry, I get lost. <laughs> the woman was convinced she saw that the tree, so there's something about Chronicles of Narnia that may be true. The woman was convinced she saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. But the wisdom that she thought it would give her is not the wisdom that it really was. Because the wisdom that she, she saw that she would get would be the wisdom of how unpure she really is compared to a holy God. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. And then she gave some to her husband. And if I was her husband, I'd like, where'd you get this fruit at? But no, he was just with her and he ate it too. In verse 7, and at that moment, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt the shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. So here, here's a story of how, how because of some disobedience, there was a fracture in the universe. So that everything that God created good, because remember he said it was very good. It was really good. It was banging, perfect the way it's supposed to be, and then there's this fracture that happens. This fracture that happens where now what brought us together with God has now separated us. Because now we see our shame. Now we see that death is possible. So here's one instance where you see God created everything good, and then you have where a fracture happens. That's where things begin to go wrong. That's where things begin to go wrong because of sin entering the world, wrong entering the world. And so we can sit here and we can say, thanks, Adam and Eve, that we don't live in paradise anymore. But the crazy thing is, and I didn't put this in up on the screen, but if you want to write it down, Romans 3, uh, Romans 3.23 that says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If you read that in the actual Greek writing, what it says is that we all openly choose rebellion against God. We all choose openly rebellion against God, which means even if Adam and Eve didn't, you would have. Because it's in here. So the question becomes, and why did God put the tree there to begin with? And here's what I want you to write down. True joy can only be found in obedience to God's design. True joy can only be found in obedience to God's design. That's why James one twenty five says this. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that you that that sets you free, and if you do what it, and you do what it says. And don't forget what you, what, you, what you heard. Then God will bless you for doing it. Because here's what, here's what all this means. 
lot of people are like, why does God have so many laws? He doesn't really have so many laws. He actually just has a few laws because he knows, like he created things to be a certain way for your joy. And he says, if you go against the way I designed it to work, joy, your joy will be lost. Pain will be lost. That's why we have to do marriage the right way. Why well, it's important to do marriage the right way. Because if you do marriage the wrong way, outside of the way God designed it to work, it will never, it will, it will fail. That's why divorce rates are so high. Because people forgot the difference between love and lust. Because we love our tacos, we love our chihuahuas, we love our vehicles, and we forget the deep meaning of what love really is. That's why we have to do parenting right. And we can keep doing the list forward. Like, but just going back to the marriage, like, I don't know. I'm just going to say this, and then we just, I'm going to preface it is, let me say this. God designed marriage to work a certain way because he knew you could find joy in it. Okay? So, like, when we have sex outside of marriage, the way God designed marriage to be, okay, that's why it tugs at our hearts. Like, that's why sometimes... Like, I struggle being intimate with my wife because of how intimate I was with other people before my wife. That's a struggle. Because I stepped outside of the way that God designed these things to work. So anytime we step outside of that, we'll never have joy. Because true joy can only be found in obedience to God's design. But in the end... With all this here, with all this wrong in the world, because we all can admit something's gone wrong, right? Can everybody agree? Give me a shout out. Okay? We all can admit something's gone wrong. We all know that there's hope coming in the end. With all the wrong that has now entered the world because of the fracture of what Adam and Eve done and what we would have openly done too, according to Romans, there's a day coming and really is here now. We can have hope. Remember that passage I read a little bit ago? Romans 8, 18 through whatever. We're going to read that again and add some stuff to it. Romans eight eighteen says, Yet what we suffer now is not nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Verse 20, against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse, but with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children. That's going to be a great day. The day when, the, there's a song I love listening to that says, the graves will burst wide open and God's children will look. Sorry. There's a day coming when everything's going to be made new. It will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. It's going to end. Verse 22, For we know that all creation has been groaning as pains of childbirth right up until the present time. And here's what I love about this next part of this verse, because we are right there. That pain that you feel inside, that gut-wrenching, like this is so wrong. Verse 23 says, And we believers also groan even though we have the Holy Spirit. Like, we know there's a day coming. That's why when we see death and disease and abuse, our guts just wrench because He's placed eternity in our hearts. 
and we join in with creation going, there's got to be something, new, something better out there. Even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of what? Future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full, what? Rights as his adopted children. Because we are the sons, we are the daughters of God. We're children of the king, and children of the king don't suffer for long, including new bodies. I'm going to look good. I'm going to be smoking hot. Including the new bodies he has promised us. Verse 24, we were given this hope when we were, what? When we become believers in God, when we become followers of God, we now have this hope that no one else has. That no matter how bad this life sucks, no matter how much wrong is in this world, it's going to get better, Brian. It's going to get better. We're given this hope when we are saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. Verse 25, but if we look forward to something we don't have yet, if we keep our eyes on the mountain, that's why I love when Martin Luther King says, I've been to the mountaintop and I've seen the other side. There's something over there. There's something on the other side of the mountain. If we just keep our eyes toward the hills, where our what help comes from? Because there's something on the other side of that hill that's waiting for us. And one day we're going to get there. Rather it be in the moment of twinkling an eye when he returns or in the day that we die. We look forward to something we don't have yet. We must wait patiently and confidently. So what we suffer with presently can't be compared with the future glory that God. All that is wrong in this world can't be compared to all that is right. So maybe we need to start taking a second glance on how we view the world. Maybe it's our time time as a church to say, you know what? I know there's a bunch of wrong in this world, but I got a message. I got a story for you. There was this God who loved us so much and seen that there was, there was this fracture in the universe. And if you read the Bible, the whole Bible from Old Testament to New Testament is, is God trying to reconnect what was fractured from the beginning. Because when sin entered the world and they covered themselves with fig leaves, it says that he slaughtered an innocent lamb. As a future picture of there's going to be this innocent bloodshed to clothe them, to clothe their nakedness, to clothe their shame. So from the very beginning of that fracture, it was God trying to reconnect us all the way to the cross. Well, finally we can have hope into the resurrection where we can say death is defeated. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah, you're going to physically die. But one day, either you die now or when God returns, we're going to be resurrected and be with him. And we have this other hope. Because I said it goes all the way through Revelation, right? Have God trying to reconnect, bring us back into beautiful harmony with who he is. And we get that picture in Revelation 21.1 that says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared 
which means everything that's wrong in this world is going to bye-bye. It's disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for our husband. I love being going to weddings. Well, I love going to weddings, but I love being at the weddings and looking at the man's face when the bride's walking down the aisle and then seeing the bride's face as she sees the man whimpering over how beautiful she looks. It's a beautiful picture of what God's standing on the edge of heaven and going, come home. It's time. I'm making all things new. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look! Everybody pay attention! Can I have your attention, please? God's home is now among His people. You know, trumpets are sounding like crazy. There's a whole sympathy going on. You hear this voice saying, God's coming home. God's come to take you home. Among his people. And he will live with them. And they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear. Everything that's gone wrong in your life. Every ounce of abuse. Rather that be the abuse you put on yourself from others or even the abuse that you may have done to others he's going to wipe all that away everything that's gone wrong in your life he's going to wipe it all away and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain all these things are gone when? forever in Revelation 21 5 and the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, It is finished. I am Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. For here we do not have, here's this is another passage I wanted to put here at the end. It's Hebrews 13, 14. It says, For we, for here we do not have an enduring city. Like this isn't a city that like this isn't a world that we're gonna live in forever. This world is, like, admittedly full of decay. But we are looking for the city that is to come. We got our glance on the horizon. You remember the story about Rahab? Where she hung the shame in the window? How can you give that picture of her staying at the window waiting for her saviors to come over the hill ridge to conquer Jericho? Because then she knew her rescue was coming. So I'm saying, let's stand at this window keep our eyes on the mountain waiting for the Lord to come because listen from Genesis to Revelation he says I'm trying to reconnect myself to you but in the meantime in the world that is wrong you can have hope but in that hope it's not for you just to keep it yourself 
It's not for you to keep it yourself because there's other people out here that are struggling just as much as you are. It's one of the reasons why I love working at the middle school because all these middle school kids think they're the only ones that have these kind of problems and I get to sit down with them and go, well, let me tell you my story. Let me tell you the things that I struggle with. You're not alone. And because you're not alone and I have found hope, I can give you, I, I can give you hope. Not me, but I know a person that can give you hope. That's why we have the stories that we have. Yeah, the abuse sucked. But now you can tell a story of how God brought you out of it. Yeah, that addiction sucked. And it brought you to your lowest. But now you have a story to tell and say, look what, where God brought me from. Yeah, that relationship was really bad and it destroyed you. But I found a relationship with my father that can't be compared to the present trials that I face. We have this hope that in the end, God's going to make everything right no matter how wrong this world's going to be. And I'm just going to lay this out there. Listen, it's not going to get any better here. If I was to be honest with you, it's going to get a lot worse. So that's why, that's why I hate the evangelical question of, if you were to die tonight, would you know that you're going to heaven? Would you know if you're going to heaven or hell? Well, the, the real question you should ask is, if you were to wake up in the morning, where's your hope? Because we all face death. But when you wake up in the morning, when you put your feet on that cold hardwood floor or carpet, if you're lucky, where's your hope? Because you're going to have to make it through the day. That's why I love sitting in my truck, waiting on the bus to get there and just say, God, I know today something's going to happen that's going to test me. I'm just praying that you use me as a light. That's why I, I, I love, I love that I have, and I hope I this doesn't freak anybody out or weird anybody out that I have men at the place that I work including Brian and, and Mr. Mathis and a few others that I can go to and just say hey listen I want to pray because I think we're going to need some little extra hope you know that's why I love the fact that the fact that I can I can face a hard day and we can face a hard day and go yeah this really that's be honest it sucks but tomorrow's coming by tomorrow I mean the day that God splits the skies wide open and we go to meet him it says a new earth will come he'll put it back to the way it was supposed to go and we can enjoy that forever let's pray to God I want to thank you so much for the life that you've given me. Even though there's been some tests and some trials, some pain and some hurt, I know it's all just a, just a shadow of the future glory that you have for us. So may we not look at this world and ask the question anymore, why did God create a world so wrong? Because we know that you created everything good, but because of that fracture that we all are affected by, even in that fracture, you've been trying to reconnect us to your glory. And God, I just pray for those of us who call ourselves believers, 
that we'll never face a day where we talk negatively about our day. That we always talk joyfully because we know that there's a day coming that we can't compare this world to. And I also pray for us that believers that we'll never shut up about the joy that we found. Not in a weird way. I'm not going to be weird about it. But we're going to talk about the joy that we found in you. Because we know there's a day coming when all this is going to be gone. And we're going to stand face to face with our Creator and hear the words, Welcome home. And I pray all this in your name. Amen. Thank you guys for being here this morning. Like I said, if you have any questions you want answered, um, make sure you put it in the bucket in the back as you pass by um, there. Uh, but yeah, and don't forget if you like to be if you like to be baptized here at the end of the month, just put it on that card and turn it into Justin in the back, or give it to Courtney out at the table. And if you're a first time guest, make sure you stop at the table because we got a free gift for you. All right, everybody good?